this for me? Oh, yes. I was there for that bit. I didn't realize that was inside. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Forget peckish halfway through, can I? Um... Izzy, can you put the, uh, the first slide on for me, thanks? <clears throat> I came across this a couple of... I just thought, it's, it's getting near Christmas. It's time to have a laugh. Oh, I've just found... Just got my power supply as well, sorry. Um, you, get, you might get there eventually. It took me a while. I had to Facebook the person who, who, who actually sent it to me, say, so what's it really trying to say? I think this might be true, but... His funeral will be on Sunday. That's what it says. But I just, I, one of the things that quite interests me is just the way that communication happens or doesn't happen. And that was just a good example of uh, how communication doesn't happen. We've all been stuck. How many of you have sent an email or a text or a, or a Facebook message or something? And you've sent it and you know it's too late. And then you, you know. Yes, that's <laughs> Either because of predictive test or be texting or because you've got fat fingers or because you can't use a stylus or whatever reason it might be, but there we go. I've sent a few as well. Then you have to send another text to say, well, actually, I didn't quite mean that. I... <laughs> we have voices as well. Um, I've got another slide here. Um, if I can make this work, which I can't. Go on, using. I was on a... A train journey recently. I was on the Virgin West Coast line. And I don't know if you can read that. <laughs> this is in the toilet of every train, I believe, on the Virgin West Coast line. It says, please don't flush nappies, sanitary towels, paper towels or gum. That's reasonable. Then it says, old phones, unpaid bills, junk mail, your ex's sweater, hopes, dreams or goldfish down this toilet. <laughs> The thing is, it sort of puts you off. Because, <laughs> yes, either beforehand or after. So we, let's just leave it there. But, <laughs> but I, I looked at it actually, actually and I thought, I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, actually, it's quite a statement of, of society's place at the moment that you want to flush all failures down the toilet. It took, all those are basically, a lot of those are failures. You know, old phones, technology has failed. Unpaid bills because you haven't got the money. Uh, junk mail, well, yeah, that's a failure. Uh, your ex's sweater, that's a failure in relationship. Hopes, dreams, they're failures. You know, what they're saying is don't flush your hopes or dreams down the toilet, implying there's a failure. Goldfish, mm, okay. There's always, there's always something, isn't there? <laughs> Who'd go on a train with a goldfish? But there we are. And then there's the, just the plain obvious. This was, uh, I'll have to let, I'll let you do it, Izzy. This is the opposite. <laughs> the statement of the blindingly obvious, but... Uh, here we go. <laughs> Sand, I suppose it could be something else. But. <laughs> 
I'll leave that up for a couple of minutes. I better try and... This has basically got very little to do with what I'm talking about this morning. I just thought it was a good time to have a laugh. That was awesome. You know, the last couple of weeks, uh, we've had a couple of really great uh, messages. First one is about guarding our, our tongue, which Brian bought. So vital. Guarding our tongue. Power, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we can, we can set things on fire, good or bad, by what we speak. Steve brought a great word last week about, essentially it was a sense of, I'm sorry Steve, I'm going to try and paraphrase it. It was about guarding our hearts. Um, you know, for it's the wellspring of life. And Steve had this, this great phrase, and I'd, I'd be interested to see how been getting on with this week. My heart is good. My heart matters to God. That was the confession. How have you been getting on, Steve? Not too bad. <laughs> it's a great, a great uh, declaration. And I just felt for a little while I wanted to speak and share, bring a message on a particular passage in, in Jude. Jude chapter, I think, I'd actually, I don't even know if there's a two. Jude 2, is there? I think it's just one, is it one chapter? Book of Jude, which is sort of towards the back, before Revelation. I'm not actually, is it next to Revelation? Or is that Letters of John? It's next to Revelation, is it? There's one there. Is that it? Do you want to come preach as well? Now, Jude talks about Jude being the brother of James, I think, if I remember rightly, right at the beginning. And he was writing <clears throat> about something that other people wrote about, particularly later in the New Testament. It was about the rise of a sort of party, if you like, which was, which was, which was about what you could call cheap grace or you could call inappropriate grace, grace of God whatever that might be. And this is just, I've got this from, uh, I think it might be the message, but it's, this is the sort of context. I just want to set a context before I bring the main sort of thing. It says this, this is a group of people who were coming into the church, basically seeking to destroy it. Their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license, which means doing away with Jesus Christ our one and only master, infiltrated by people who exchange the grace of God for a lie. That grace covers everything so we can be as sinful as we want to be. That's the sort of context. And as somebody, I don't know who it was, it might have been you, Steve, last week, I can't remember, but I've heard this recently a few times. Grace teaches us to say no. That's the antidote. And I've come across this recently. I may have said about it before. I find it just so discouraging. Where, where it's a sort of a thing that sometimes I hear, not, not particularly here, I've heard it elsewhere, some Christians saying, well, grace covers everything so I can do what I want. It's, that's not what grace is about. Grace teaches us to say no. That's actually really important. It's a really important message. It's not what I'm saying particularly this morning, but it is a really, really important message. So let me 
Let me read to you out of Jude, uh, verses 17 to 25. And I'm going to read purposefully from the message translation. But remember, dear friends, that the apostles of our master, Jesus Christ, told us this would happen, which was the context. In the last days, there will be people who don't take these things seriously anymore. They'll treat them like a joke and make a religion of their own whims and lusts. These are the ones who split churches, thinking only of themselves. There's nothing to them, no sign of the Spirit. This is the main text, okay? But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith, Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. And now to him who who can keep you on your feet, standing tall in his bright presence, fresh and celebrating. To our one God, our only Savior, through Jesus Christ our Master, be glory, majesty, strength, and rule before all time and now and to the end of all time. Yes. (laughs) Which is the last word. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? One of the things, um, I might get carried away because I love some of the scriptures I'm going to use this morning. So if I stop and, you know, just have a moment. Just have the moment with me. And this is, this is the, 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 the phrase, couple of phrases I really wanted to just focus in on. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love. Some translations say, uh, keeping yourself in the love of God. Huh? I was sitting down having a coffee with Helen the other day, and I thought, you know, actually, I'm not sure I, I like that translation because it implies you can remove yourself from God's love. Which I don't think the author was really on. I don't think that's what Jude was saying. Because I, I don't believe we can. I don't believe anybody can actually take themselves outside of God's love. That is what grace is about. It's about... Being, um, being always, have, or at least having access to God's love and knowing His love. So I don't believe that we can remove ourselves from God's love. But I think what Jude was saying, which is why I prefer the message, was staying right at the center of God's love, which is the place I want to be. Yeah, and I'm sure you do. Yeah. Right at the center. It's almost as though there are sort of you can. You can somehow have degrees of God's love, but, but the, the point is this, that we really want to be at the center of his love and build ourselves up. 
So there's two questions. How do we build ourselves up in our faith? And how do we stay at the center of God's love? Well, I want to give you, it's a good message. There aren't three. There are seven points. (laughs) Um, There are seven. I'm just going to zip you through them, okay? And as this is a nod to Christmas, Christmas is around the corner, I thought I'd give you a recipe. This is a recipe, not for a Christmas pudding. Don't ask me to make a Christmas pudding. Or a Christmas cake. I can't guarantee the results. When I was in sixth form at school, I did cookery. Because I wanted to break a few moulds. That was terrible, wasn't it? I never meant that. It was a a girls' thing at school. And uh, there were a couple of us guys that decided we wanted to to learn how to cook, so we did it. Whether it's had any, you know, any effect is somebody else can judge that. But uh, put the first, the next slide up, please. That's great. So this is the recipe. I'm going to have to flick you through them. All right, the first one, Connor, please. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Yes. Let me read this. If you're taking, I haven't put the scriptures up. I'll give you the scriptures. It will be on the website probably tomorrow as well, the notes, so if you want to have a look now. Matthew 22, verse 36. Matthew 22:36, Jesus said, this teacher came to him, and Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. What's the one word there that is common to all three phrases? You probably didn't. It's, it's, a, it's not a trick question, but it was all. That's right. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, that, that takes some thinking about. How do I know if I'm loving God with all of my heart, for example. I haven't got the answer to that, so you work that one out yourself. I don't know. You know, there's not a meter that you can stick onto somebody's heart and say, oh yes, that's all of their heart. Not, you can't take an e- a spiritual ECG of your heart. But I think we know ourselves if we're loving God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And I think this is the container. This is, this is like what you're going to put, put all the ingredients in. This, this to me is fundamental. It's the container that all the elements are going to go into. That we love God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, with everything that we have and that everything that we are. Just like God loves us, he loves us with everything that he is. Second one, forgive and be forgiven. Pour in forgiveness, always pour in forgiveness. Forgiveness first by God, 1 John verse 8. That's right, 1 John verse 8. Something missing there. 1 John 1 verse 8. <laughs> I can say that's yeah. 1 John 1 verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, 
We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. That's a really, really important, strong scripture. If there's one you want to learn off heart, that's a good one. That is one good one. I did this when I was quite a young Christian. Because it, it helped me to, A, keep, keep my heart in a good place, but also not to be under condemnation. You know, those, when you, when, uh, it's a bit like Steve was saying last week. You know, you know you, you, you've done something and you think, blow me, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then, and then, you know, there's another occasion a few, a few days later and, and you go through that same cycle again. It's, it's just trying to keep you down. And Satan comes and tries to keep us down because of condemnation. This is a great scripture for loosing us from condemnation. Because if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from every unrighteousness. And that's a good, a good scripture to declare. You know, when, you're, when you're feeling condemned, God, I thank you. Your word says that if I confess my sin to you, which I've done, you've now forgiven me and I'm cleaned. And I can walk holy before you with a stand up, you know, head up and walk in your love. So I, that's why I think this is a, we need to just pour in God's forgiveness into this bowl and accept his forgiveness. I actually think as well, I think this is really important, that we need to then forgive ourselves. Yeah? We have to be able to forgive ourselves. It's, it's, it's sometimes been overlooked, and I know, I know Brian's talked about this, and I think others have probably talked about it, that we have to, we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Because if God says, I forgive you, I could say quite strongly, really, uh, you'd have to hear my heart here, what right have we to then say, I don't forgive myself? There's no legal reason in heaven, why we cannot then say, so I forgive myself. God's forgiven me. My account's clean. I can forgive myself. doesn't mean to say, we don't say sorry, which we should do. Because scripture talks about that, about making restitution and so on. We need to apologize to people who we've wronged. And that, as often, I don't know if you're like me, that's often the hardest thing. It's sort of quite, you know... I know that I can go to God any time and, and, and confess my sins. <laughs> and I can, I'm learning to forgive myself, but actually going up to the person who you've wronged and saying, I'm really, I messed it up, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That's kind of the hardest. But we need to forgive one another. So we, we need to learn to be forgiven by God, to forgive ourselves, and we need to forgive each other. There's a scripture here, Colossians 3 verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's quite strong. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, God forgets as well as forgives. 
Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So those are the three elements. He says, putting up five fingers. The three elements. (laughs) The three elements of forgiveness. By God, by ourselves, and of each other. Okay? Three, add seasoning. Keep your heart healthy. Don't let bitterness, resentment, jealousy, etc. take root in our hearts. This will only serve to grieve the Holy Spirit. Scripture. There's two two for the price of one. How about that? Two scriptures. Ephesians 4 verse 31. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Most of this out of Ephesians. If you want to get read a lot of this, read Ephesians. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away with you from you with all malice. Hebrews 12 verse 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Interesting. Looking carefully, lest anyone should fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Oh, I've got another one. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians again. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth guarding your tongue but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers now that is powerful what you say can impart grace to the hearer there's a phrase uh, I, I read a long time ago and it stuck with me and if I can remember it it's something like this we need to communicate in a language that is understood by the hearer We can, your words can speak grace over somebody that will strengthen them. Or your words can speak the opposite. Let's just put it that way. This is going back two weeks. It's part of a, part of a sort of a, what I've seen to be, what Holy Spirit's done is put these sort of three together, these three messages together. We can speak grace or we can actually speak ungrace. We can remove grace from people's lives by what we speak over them. So let me start here. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Actually, Paul says it twice in, in the same, in Ephesians 4. It's repeated virtually, some of that, word for word. So that was, that was the third ingredient. That was add seasoning. Fourth, add handfuls and I mean that, add handfuls of believing the truth of what God says about you. Don't believe lies 
that have been spoken over you. This is what I call ungrace. This is the opposite of speaking grace to the hearers. Okay? This, is, this is the words that have been spoken over us that remove grace and cause us to believe the lie that is spoken. I've had enough of that. I've had a lot, you know, we've all had quite a lot of that. And that's when, you know, we need to, we need to keep our hearts healthy. We need to perhaps forgive and forgive others. But sometimes we need to just say, look, what you spoke over me, this needs to be done very carefully and very lovingly. What you spoke over me really hurt me. But I forgive you. I'm not talking necessarily, you know, about Christians. This can be be unbelievers as well. And it's for me personally, it's taken me a long time to move out of the shadow of things that were declared over me, without probably the person even realizing what they were that they were doing this years and years ago. Getting to the point where I'm saying, no, that's not what God thinks about me, and that's therefore not what I'm going to think about myself. It's a lie. It's not what God thinks about me. Okay, you ready for a little exercise? Ask God this question. This is a sozo question. Ask God this question. Father, what do you think of me? If you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. If you don't, that's okay. Just say say it quietly. Just say it quietly. Speak it quietly. Father, what do you think of me? And just be ready to hear something or see something. Or maybe there's a sense in your own heart of something shifting. And if you have sensed or felt or heard something, just write it down if you've got a way of doing so. It's something great to do sometimes in your own devotions, questions like this. It's a great way to start a day because I can guarantee you God will say something good about you. (laughs) You know, one of the ways that I've learned to overcome ungracious words spoken over me is is to speak out what God says about me. So this is this is my fifth ingredient. Pour in speaking to yourself. Not a sign of madness. Steve Backlund's written a great book. I don't know if we've got any around still, but you're crazy if you don't speak to yourself. The book's good. And it, it's, it's very, very powerful. 
That's why sometimes, and I do this sometimes, speaking scripture rather than reading scripture is really helpful. Because you're declaring what God thinks about you, what, what, what God says, what God declares, you know, things like the Psalms. It's great to read those or even sing them. Especially in the bath. <laughs> you haven't got one now, I'm sorry. You'll have to sing one in the shower, Brian. That could be interesting. <laughs> so these are, these are some things that I regularly say to myself in my devotions. I did some of this this morning. I'm a son of God. I am loved by God. His grace is enough for me. His favor rests upon me. I can do through all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because they're things that God says about us. That's what he thinks about us. He can't help but love us. So why can't we say, I'm loved by you, God? Great way to start the day with your cornflakes. If you're really fortunate with a full English breakfast. Who has a full English breakfast these days? Every day, I mean. Oh, well done. <laughs> So here's a couple of scriptures. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Hebrews 3 verse 13. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Isn't that interesting? The, the, the way that the writer of the Hebrews there puts those two together, encourage one another daily, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's like an antidote. It's the antidote to... A lot of what society is living in today, which is sin's deceitfulness, deceived by what seems to be great pleasures of sin, you know, if I can keep it quite simple. But the antidote is encouraging one another daily. So we need to pour in speaking to ourselves and speaking to others encouraging words, encouragement, grace-filled words. So that was five. I'm nearly there. I've got two more. Six. Add bottles of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Especially a nice red one. Or several nice red ones. <laughs> Add bottles of being filled with the Spirit. Because actually this is what it says in Jude. Let me read. I've, I've, uh, I know some of you have come across this translation. The Passion Translation. Quite new. Um, and I've, I've just got a, a, a one, it's not the whole Bible, it's just certain books, and I've just got one for Ephesians. I want to read this from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. This is the, this is a sort, this is the, the scripture where it says um, about being filled with the Spirit. Don't live foolishly as those with no understanding but live honorably with true wisdom, 
for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. There's a book, Don't Waste Your Life, was that what it was called? Something like that. And then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. That's another. I've, some of these scriptures, I, I tell you, I don't know if I'm just seeing them in a new light, but I'll read that again. Sorry, this is off the point. But Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for this purpose, and then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Ever unsure what God's will is? Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life in his purposes. That's what it says. How about that? Ephesians chapter 5. Neither be drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms and praises with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a good last... I, I, I deliberately kept that last verse in because it follows from what went before. Okay? So, uh, keep speaking to one another with words of Scripture, etc., etc. Always giving thanks to God for every person he brings into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, even those people you don't get on with, give thanks because that's what Scripture says. Right, I need to move on. Seven, cook over, over an open fire. I was going to—I thought about doing this, actually doing this, and then I thought this is probably not a good idea. <laughs> the open fire bit I thought was probably not a good idea. Pray in the spirit. That's—I've just phrased it: cook over an open fire. Pray in the spirit with all types of prayer, thanksgiving, supplications. And speak in the language given you by God as a gift. Both your native language, or the one you've adopted, or the language that God has given you, which is not your native language, which is often called tongues. Okay, Tongues of angels and men. It's a lovely idea that God's given all these, created all these languages, and yet he's given me one specifically that... Probably, I'm the only one that speaks. Maybe one day I'll find somebody else who speaks it and we'll have a good chinwag. That's a funny word, chinwag. Do you know what chinwag is? Yes, okay. You draw moves a lot, you talk a lot. (laughs) It's like shindig. Yeah, that's another one, okay, chinwag. So, God has given us languages... To pray in the Spirit. But we need to pray in the Spirit. You know, we need, to, we need to just be in that place all the time, continually. That's why we should always be being filled with the Spirit. And then we can pray in the Spirit. And as Jude says, right at the very beginning, just go there. But dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how important it is. It, it sustains us. It, it encourages us. It builds us. It does all. I don't think we really understand the full power 
of praying in the Holy Spirit. Somehow it's, it's like we pray in heaven's language and heaven comes down and just does those things. It's incredibly privilegeful. Privilegeful. I've just invented a word. <laughs> that we can pray in a language specifically given by Holy Spirit. Just think about that for a moment. It's extraordinary. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And yet, and I know I'm as guilty as anybody, you know, I, sort of, I can breathe through a day and come to the end of a day and go to bed and then you think, okay, well, have I, have I prayed in the Holy Spirit today? Have I used the language that God's given me, which is a precious gift, cost Jesus everything, so that he could then say, but I'm giving you another comforter. <laughs> Amazing. And finally, I just want to read. I want to read a bit more of Ephesians 3. I just want to, I just love some scriptures here. So I'm going to just get lost in this, okay? Ephesians chapter 3 from the Passion Translation. I pray that he would pour over you. This is a declaration over you, okay? This is Paul's prayer. I pray that he would pour over you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep within you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life, providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. Then, as your spiritual strength increases you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement, beyond academic knowledge. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Christ Jesus and all that will be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Isn't that extraordinary? Great words. Just wash, just wash over us, Lord. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done here. I just want to... Um, I want to take another minute and a half Another little exercise. <laughs> and then, then I'm done. Brian, you can come back up if you wish. But... You ready for this? Yeah. It's another... I just want to encourage you, and to do it now together. Jesus, please will you show me how much you love me. So just whisper that. 
Jesus, please, will you show me how much you love me?